0: Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Only Seeing What We Are Looking For. Wendy, a few years ago, went to a science exhibition in Reno where they had pictures of famous people like movie stars. So they had the same picture side by side. They were upside down and he asked them the question, are these two pictures the same? And so Wendy clicked yes to the same, then they flipped them over and she noticed what she hadn't noticed before, that somebody's you know, nose was in a different place, their ear was in a different place. Then they gave her two more pictures of the same person upside down, asked if they were the same, and she looked at it, she clicked yes, and then she realized as they flipped it over that they weren't the same. <laughs> and then the third one, she finally got smart and looked a little more carefully and she was able to identify the difference. Now, the point of that exhibition was is that the brain is, is, is looking for what it thinks it's looking for. You know, it's, the brain is seeing what it thinks is actually there, even if it's not there. And, you know, Wendy loves to teach on the mind and brain or victorious emotions book and living from the unseen. She talks about that. But here's the point: that even in life, we we see what we expect to be there. What we expect is going to determine largely what we see. For instance, many believe that little children can actually see angels, and you know toddlers can see angels. And but as they grow, as we grow as humans, we're we're logic out of that, and we no longer see them. You know, there's angels in the room right now where you are. And but we don't if we don't expect to see them, we probably won't. Now, this also relates not only just to seeing into the spirit realm, but also what we actually expect to experience in life. In 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about strongholds, it talks about you know, just that we, we pull down strongholds in verses four and five. And the context of that is, is belief system, their argument, their high things that are exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Then it says taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And remember the highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think differently. And part of thinking differently is seeing differently. But the nature of, of strongholds is this is a stronghold in our thinking is defending its right to be there and whatever our stronghold is it leads us to constantly look for confirmation for what we already believe is true we're constantly looking for confirmation of what we already believe is true so if i believe that i have a, if i believe that I don't have favor in a particular place, then I'm constantly looking for confirmation to prove that. I won't even notice the situations where people actually give me favor. I remember a woman we had in one of our churches, and she had a great healing anointing, and and yet she had a, a stronghold of rejection, a stronghold of Believing that she was underappreciated. That was her belief system. And so I, I remember a time where God used her greatly in a, in a meeting. And I heard people coming up afterwards and just thanking her and just going, wow. And then, but then a couple days later, she said, how come nobody ever notices what I do? How come nobody ever values this gift? And I just thought to myself and I said, hey, people just said that. But because of her stronghold, she wasn't able to see what actually was true. You know, the story of the 12 spies in Numbers 13 is, is such a great illustration of this. Two groups of people go out for 40 days. Moses sends them out uh, Well, they're one group of people, the 12. But then after 40 days, they broke up into two groups. Joshua and Caleb were one, and the ten spies were the other. It's amazing. They both saw the exact same set of circumstances and put a different conclusion on what they saw. So, in reality, the circumstances in our lives and around us aren't as important as the conclusions that we place on them. But the ten spies did an interesting thing. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we are. In theirs Now, I don't think they went and interviewed the giants. I know they didn't interview them, but that's how they saw it. Their stronghold of victim mindsets of weakness caused them to interpret the situation in a different way. And Joshua and Caleb had different strongholds. They had strongholds of victory, great big God, big promises, and And those strongholds caused them to see, you know, and Joshua and Caleb said, let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome it. But the 10 spies, that was not the case. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we are in theirs. It's fascinating when you fast forward 40 years later in the book of Joshua, and the two spies are talking to Rahab the, the prostitute, And she basically tells them that once they heard about the Red Sea, that their hearts were fearful about them. And so in reality, the giants were afraid of the spies, afraid of the Israelites. But the ten spies, because of their stronghold, they misinterpreted what was going on. They couldn't see what was actually true. They only saw what they thought was true now this has huge ramifications for us in our lives. you know I was just thinking about praying for America and you might be from a different country, and you can relate this to your country, but I was thinking about that if i if I have a stronghold that believes that things are too bad for my prayers and it's 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 beyond that and If I believe that nothing is happening or little is happening, then what I'm going to see is all I'm going to see is that which would confirm that my prayers aren't working. But if I actually believe my prayers are working, here's the thing, then we're going to see how they are working. (laughs) And I want to say this, our prayers are working for our nations. So in your life, You know, you say, well, what are, how do I know I have a negative stronghold? Well, you have a negative stronghold in every area where you don't have great hope in your life. You know, Francis Frangipan's book, The Three Battlegrounds, he basically says this. He says, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Wow. So wherever I don't have glistening hope, there's a stronghold of the devil So I note that, I note, okay, wow, I don't have hope in that area. I don't have hope for my nation. I don't have hope for my finance. I don't have hope for relationships. Then then I need to get the truth because as long as I stay hopeless in an area of my life, I cannot trust what I'm seeing. Let me say that again. As long as I remain hopeless in an area of my life, I cannot trust what I'm seeing I cannot trust that I'm actually seeing accurately. Wow. That's a game changer. So, once we actually know this, one of the great one of the great pathways to breakthrough is identify areas where you don't have great hope, ask the Lord what's the lie that's fueling that hope. If you're able to laugh at that lie, laugh at it because laughter helps break the power of the lie ask the Lord what's the truth that's the opposite of that lie That's going to make you free inside yourself and then in circumstances and then get that truth in your mouth Wow Only seeing What we are looking for? Wow, Lord help us take this, you know for some of you you need to listen to this again Some of you this is a game-changer message that's going to bring breakthrough in your life. Hey, thanks so much. Igniting Hope Ministry. Steve Backlin here. Bless you today. And remember, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't need strength at the end of the battle. You need strength in the middle of the battle. There's no convenient time to become joyful. We all have unresolved situations and uncertainties in our life, and that's the way it's going to be as long as we're here on planet Earth. And so today, let's choose joy. Today, let's stir up joy, even with personal weaknesses. It's our strength to overcome. Hey, God bless you. I look forward to having you with me again on another one of our podcasts.